You're listening to More Than Talk, where each week we speak with faith-filled individuals who are influencing the world around them. As you hear their story, we know that you'll not only be inspired, but you'll be challenged to do more than just talk. Hi, I'm Rebecca Pratt, and today I'm hosting Leah Coombs, who works for the Baptist Union as an administration assistant for the Mission Catalyst and Church Health. She's the co-founder of Children's Fortress Africa, was a nominee for the Victorian Young Achievers Saywood Dawson Award, and works in a number of different communities, helping the marginalised and preventing injustices towards women. Leah is 31 years old and has three babies under three. She is what I like to call a modern-day superwoman. One thing that has always stood out to me about Leah is that she never puts off anything until tomorrow. When she knows that God has asked her to do something, she'll action it almost immediately. And this is something that we're going to cover in today's episode. It can be so easy for us to put things off until tomorrow, but what exactly is it that we're meant to be doing today? Join me for the next few moments and we'll find out. Please enjoy the podcast. Leah, welcome to today's episode. It is so great to have you with us. Are you well? Yes, thanks, Beck. I am very pleased to be here with you. Well, I'm ready to get into things and I'm so looking forward to hearing from you. Now, I know we've been friends for many, many years, but for our community that don't know you as well, do you want to just introduce yourself and let us know what you're currently doing today? Yeah, no problem. Um, So my name is Leah. I grew up a Christian. I'm married to a gentleman named Tim. We've been married for (laughs) eight years. Uh, We have three kids. Uh, August is my eldest son. He is turning four this year and I've got two Well, twin girls, so there are two of them, Heidi and Violet. Um, They are gorgeous. They are lovely little things, and um, they're turning two this year. Uh, So currently um, I'm a mum, obviously, to those three, and I work part-time for the Baptist Union of Victoria. I work in their church health and mission catalyst team as an assistant. I've been with them for seven years, and I'm also a co-founder of Children's Fortress Africa with Ben and Irene Hay. That's a bit of my background. Leah, you are honestly superwoman. Now, you just mentioned that you co-founded an organisation called Children's Fortress Africa. How did that organisation start? Where did it begin and what's it all about? Yeah, uh, so in 2012, I went to Africa on a missions trip. Um, And like so many others, if you've been on a missions trip, you know that you never come back the same. Mm. So that trip for me had a profound influence on my life. And I just knew that I would never see things the same um, after that. And I felt this real stirring um, inside me that God had, you know, flamed up since since coming Mm. home to Australia. So um, a little bit after that, my good friend, Ben Hay, uh, and I had been working together doing fundraising and building up awareness on other projects um, and organisations within Kenya. And Ben mentioned to me that he was going to be moving over there. So we saw that as a great opportunity for us to get our heads together and think about Mm. what we would want to start up on our own, you know, our own non-for-profit organisation so that really we could have more control over where, you know, the money would be going and who Mm. would be receiving it. And, um, I guess have, you know, some more autonomy to ourselves to be able to start up something new and fresh. And Ben 
um, had said that, you know, the street kids over in Kenya were really overlooked and there are so many street kids. Mm. So after prayer and, um, you know, a couple of different meetings and talking to other people who were surrounding us, uh, the Children's Fortress Africa was born and I guess the rest is history. So, um, yeah, that's how, how it started and obviously... Um, Ben is this amazing man who's over there working on the field, mm. doing, doing you know, the labour um, on the ground. And I guess my role uh, with CFA, I refer to it as CFA, that's what I'm talking about, Children's Fortress. I will yeah, too you might, hear, <laughs> you might hear me say CFA a couple of times and that's what I mean. So, uh, I, yeah, my role in all of it was to, um, you know, keep up the fundraising, spread awareness on, you know, the Aussie end, build up sponsorships and just support Ben um, logistically while he's over there doing the work and, you know, run board meetings and all, all that type of political fun stuff that you have to do for an NGO. Uh, and that's where I, where I come into CFA. Hmm. Such an incredible organisation. And I know I've personally had the privilege of going to Kenya and seeing all that you guys do, and it is life-changing. Can you share maybe a couple of stories of how some of these children have been impacted by CFA? Yeah, so um, probably two in particular. Uh, there's this uh, woman named Nima. She's one of our students. She's one of the 54 students, actually, that we've been assisting since 2014. And she's graduated from high school um, thanks to supporters from Australia. And she's actually from a Muslim family. She's one of um, she's one of seven children to actually attend high school. And she has five older siblings. She lives in um, Kenya's biggest slum mm. called Kirabru and we've been assisting her mum, Nima's mother, with an energy efficient cooker as well and solar torches. So it's sort of this ripple effect of, you know, sponsoring one child and now um, being able to, you know, support her family as well, which has been amazing. So good. That's just one of the stories we have so many uh if you you know if you ever see ben hay if you know who he is talk to him because he's got a thousand as well um and there's also another girl that we support called anada um she's really talented and she's from the Korogocho slums that's in nairobi <laughs> and she's just finished her last subject at saint paul's university and she's studying a diploma in human resources a Again, it's just incredible because, Amazing. you know, 2014 to now to see these students come through and it's all because of CFA, like they would never have been able to have these opportunities and they are, you know, going on and going to colleges and getting trades and they're able to provide for their families you know, and start their own families. And it's just, it's just amazing. So they're just two stories in particular. So good, Leah. And Nima and Anada are just two of the many children that have been supported and impacted by CFA. Now, more recently, you've had it on your heart to do something locally, looking at local communities, not just international. How did, I guess, this heart change come about? And what are some of the things that you've been doing within the communities of Melbourne? Yeah, um, I guess, you know, there's a season for everything and 
God probably expanded my focus quite a lot, you know, after having my children into local community and seeing mission, not just as overseas mission, but um, how do we do mission locally? So uh, because of my role with CFA, it definitely opened my door, opened doors for me to go in and um, work with other organisations, in particular um, organisations mm. with women, um, more of those marginalised women, whether it be through because of socioeconomics or, um, you know, a religious bias, whatever that looks like. Uh, so probably stepping back a little bit, my husband and I, Tim, we used to volunteer um, as mentors so through the DHS system. Re yeah, it was amazing really early on when we got married and that had a profound impact on my life. I just loved it. I loved working with the mothers and I loved working with the kids. So that sort of was always there and I was able to explore a little bit of that uh, through CFA and going over to Africa a couple of times. But I really wanted to do mm. more of that here. So like I said, those doors opened and I, I was able to go in and work with, in particular, Muslim women um, and talk with them and share with them and speak out a bit against, you know, the injustice issues that they've been facing, you know, and it is, it's here as well. We think yeah. it doesn't happen here, but it does. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's been a great opportunity. I can't really talk a lot about mm. it because of privacy issues, as you can understand, but it's been something that's on my heart and I, I really want to focus on it for the future. So uh, that's just a, a little bit of the background there. Wow. And helping these communities actually led you to being nominated for the Victorian Young Achievers Saywood Dawson Award, which is a huge achievement, Leah, and such an honour. I mean, how did it feel to receive that nomination? What was the experience like? Yeah, so it was, um, it was, it was quite embarrassing <laughs> to put it bluntly. I didn't really know, um, why I was there or, or the work I had done just to be recognised. <laughs> I like to fly under the radar. So this was a bit of a shock to me when, when it happened. Um, and it was around the social um, issues and injustice stuff that it, I was nominated for. And um, just to be there, I guess, you know, the experience was surreal to be amongst other, you know, young Victorians. Um, who have been doing these incredible things in their communities. Uh, so I did feel a bit like I was, at, you know, a fish out of water, but um, it was absolutely amazing, um, you know, just mm. to be recognised for the work that I'd been doing. Um, but I think probably one of the biggest things that happened to me through that was just being at this gala dinner and I was actually pregnant with my twin girls and I knew that I was having... Um, girls at the time and I remember just standing there thinking oh wow god you're amazing like to be recognized for work I'd been doing with other women and I was about to bring in these wow. two little women into the world um, it was just a really surreal moment for me and it will definitely be an experience I won't forget and I was able to you know build relationships with other people there and you know, get contacts through it. So it was, it was worthwhile. It was wonderful. 
What an experience, and it's not every day that someone is nominated for that kind of award. We're just so thankful for all the work that you do, and I'm also mindful that it's not just the work you do for women in these communities, but you've taken it one step further, or should I say one step closer to home, where you've started to be intentional about caring for your own community and loving your neighbours. I know you've shared with me some stories, but can you please tell us a little bit of what you've been up to recently within your own community? Yeah, sure. So it's definitely something I feel strongly about is the, um, I guess, the lost art of loving for your, you know, loving your neighbour. And it's just such a simple Mm. thing that we don't seem to do easily anymore as a society, I guess. And I've been doing, you know, a little bit of training in it as well, um, doing some courses around it, which has just made me a lot more intentional, I would say. Uh, My husband and I, we always tried to be quite intentional. It was just in our DNA. It wasn't because we were trying to um, prove anything to anyone else or build these communities. It was just something we always did, probably Mm. because of the way we were brought up, which was, you know, to smile and have a conversation with someone. Um, I remember when we lived in Brunswick, my my one-year-old boy, um, August, the area we lived in Brunswick was right next to these commission homes and there was always these homeless guys um, hanging around in the park next door to where we lived. So August and I would always go over and have a chat to them and sometimes bring them coffee and we would see them up on Sydney Road and by the end of the year of living in Brunswick, they all knew August and they would always come up to him and have a chat and and it was just having those conversations whether they were long or short. Um, but I also saw it as a really meaningful for for my son to see that happen uh you know to be involved in your community and know your community know where you live and um build those friendships and relationships so uh probably more more so now that my kids are a little bit older i've definitely been trying to be intentional with my time and I, um, yeah, we, we'll go around the streets. Um, I think I was sharing to you before. It's just amazing so if you just have, you know, smile at someone and ask someone how their day is, how quickly they'll open up. And I think, yeah, and I think it's just, it's just so lost now. People don't, people don't do it. And through what's been going on um, with the epidemic, you know, and, and the COVID situation, it's it's been even um, more interesting to see that people want to chat. People are lonely, you know. They they want to open up and they want to share stories with you. And if you're real and raw with them, they'll be so much more likely, you know, to to share where they are at. And I think um, it blesses you as well as a person because you get to know the people around you. Uh, and another thing that happened recently, our, our neighbour, his wife was really unwell. But you never know where, you know, God mm. has it in his hands. You never know where it's going to go just to hello or how's your wife going. 
Um, so I ended up taking flowers over to him and his wife had passed away and we were able to actually pray with him. So it was just an amazing opportunity mm. to have. And it wasn't because we were there saying, hi, we're Christians, we go to church, let's pray together. It was just a very natural um, in conversation and and that and that's been it and that's okay it's okay to leave it at that but we'll just keep having those those conversations with him so yeah that's a little bit of what we do <laughs> it's so powerful and I know you often mention that you give space to just hear God's voice and be open to the promptings to just go up and say hello to someone or bring flowers to a neighbor's house but one thing I've noticed about you, when God asks you to do something, you do it. You don't just keep putting it off until tomorrow. You don't make up all these excuses, but you choose to do it today. Why is that? Um, I guess there's this really great releasing back when you truly believe that mm. you're not carrying um, all the burdens. You know, if you see it as an as an invited conversation with your neighbours um, and not as this, like mission isn't supposed to be a burden and it is an invitation from God. So if you're trusting that God has equipped you um, for those opportunities or those moments um, and that you've got the right words to say, sometimes it doesn't feel like, you know, you're going to know what to say and maybe that's why people don't do it because they're scared that that they don't they're not going to have the right words but if you just trust that god has equipped you because he has because he's put you in that moment you know with that opportunity for a reason and if you just (laughs) believe that and just open your mouth and sometimes you don't even need to say much at all i mean the best you know the people want to talk to someone who's going to listen i mean the art of listening is a whole nother thing so many people don't know how to listen anymore and i think if you just make yourself available to listen to someone's story you're able to share your own story and Sometimes that can lead to letting them know that you go to church. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's all right. It's just having those conversations and then, you know, being able to use, I guess, your position um, and your influence and favour that God has for you because you are favoured by God. We all are. And whether we want to believe it or not, we have Mm. influence. So how do we use our influence in our neighbourhood. And that's where we should be starting. We should be starting in our neighbourhood because that's going to actually grow us and we're going to learn. We're going to learn how to talk to people better and listen to people better. Uh, And that's just how I see it now. I just see it as an opportunity for me and now with a young family for my kids to see that people aren't scary. Like, we, we want to talk to people. Yeah. We want to love people, all types of people, you know, even if they look different to us or they act different to us, just smile at them and, and have a chat and see where it goes. Totally. And I know you just touched on this earlier, but why do you think people put things off until tomorrow? I guess I think probably the big thing would be you have to be intentional with your your time, um, it's an effort and it is a sacrifice of yourself, you know, and we all talk Mm. about how busy we are and we've got no time and we're too busy, you know, rushing off to the next thing. That, you know, you have to sacrifice some of that to be able to build on those relationships with strangers. You have to because that's what it's all about. So I think that's why people put 
put it off. Mm. And, you know, just an example um, is when I go to the coffee shop, I know it takes me 45 minutes. Shouldn't take me any longer than that. But I intentionally give myself an hour and a half because I want to be able to have those conversations if they present, you know, if that still small voice is like, go over to them and talk to them or spend time with the coffee shop owner. No one else is in there. Have a chat to her about her life. Um, I've allowed that. And so then I'm not, you know, looking like I'm disinterested and I'm rushing off because that's what everyone seems to be doing. But if you can just allow yourself the time and, um, yeah, l- allow yourself to time to have those connect- connections and conversations, you'll just be amazed at the doors, what, the, what doors will open up for you, to be honest. It's so true. I just love that, being intentional. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in our own world and the busyness of life that we forget to be intentional about helping and loving on our neighbours and our local community. Well, you've given us so many practical tips already, but do you have any final bits of advice on how we can take action? You know, whether that be starting something new or stepping out in a small act of kindness, how can we start doing things today? How can we start actioning things today? Uh, I guess see every random conversation with someone you don't know or a neighbor or someone down at the supermarket in your community just see it as an opportunity and an invitation from God and trust wholeheartedly that he has equipped you um, with everything you need to to have those conversations and it is it's just a conversation and then you just be surprised at where it will go so I think definitely just um, seize those opportunities and, and see you know a random chat as an invitation I guess um, listening to the God prompts when he you know when he tells me go and buy some flowers for your neighbor and I'm going I really can't be bothered like that's a big effort for me to go and do that but look at the doors that open because I did that and it wouldn't have happened unless you take those extra steps. Leah, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know I've personally been challenged and you've left us with so much wisdom and great practical advice on how we can, I don't know another way to say this, but how we can get off our butts and start actioning things and supporting those around us, you know, not just leaving it for tomorrow, but start actually doing it today. So thank you. And I know your three gorgeous kids are going to grow up to be world changers because they have a mum like you. You're so lovely. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you for listening to another episode of More Than Talk. If you know of anyone that's making a difference in their world, we would love to have them on the podcast. So please message us via Instagram at more than talk underscore podcast. We also would love for you to join our community. So follow us, subscribe, leave a review and share this podcast around as we believe these stories will not only inspire, but challenge us to do more than just talk.